still don't have it. I don't know. It's I okay. give up. Good I evening. Give... Here from Paris, France. Where we're on we're our... we're in Paris, Texas. Oh. oh. Mm. You wanted to go visit some uh, blocks of metal in the desert? That's Marfa, but yeah. You know. Mm. Wondered why there was no cacti. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, not a Donald Judd in sight on this continent, by the way. One. You saw one? Yeah. Where was it at? The Pompidou? Pompidou, yeah. Mm. In, in a classic, you know, minimalism room, they got an Andre on the floor, neon in the corner, a Larry Bell that I was like, where is it? And it's just dimly lit. And I went, eh, it's fine. Um, but you know who they don't love? Their own Frenchman, the the Caderes. I didn't see a single colored stick leaning against a wall. Yeah, that's true. We were talking about the colored sticks. I can't remember if that was on an episode or not, but the whole vibe of art over here is colored stick. Colored <sighs> stick leaning in the corner. Seems like something they would love. But uh, Yeah, no, they, they really didn't. Didn't. No. But anyway, we'll get to all the art. Yeah. We'll get to all the art eventually. But it's our last night, man. I'm, I'm feeling melancholy. You just don't want to go back to work. Wistful. I don't want to go back to work, but I, <laughs> but I do think that uh, Paris lives up to the hype. I got to be honest. No one will be surprised to hear that, but um, I really like it here a lot. It's not bad. I don't know. I feel like it depends on your mood, though. When you want to get stuff done, this is not the place for me. Oh, yeah. Efficiency is not the name of the game out here. Oh, baby, no. But we discovered that in every place we went. I just think that Paris happens to be the slowest of the slow. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, <laughs> eating is an ordeal. The subway is an ordeal. Things just take time. Everyone's moving a little slow. There is no sense of urgency. At Except all. when boarding a train, in which case everyone's piling <laughs> on like, uh, you know, I, I couldn't breathe for one stop on the train today. And I went, where are we going at seven o'clock on Sunday night? Yet another instance where in my head I'm chanting USA because we have air conditioning in the subway. Oh, thank God. This was windows down. Yeah underground which honestly not eh, not like a breeze but you know what i don't like seeing you know the outside and going oh yeah we are deep underground this is gross um but it's well clean. yeah it's clean and you can buy a pellegrino from a vending machine yeah the subway vending machines are a real game treat. Tra- game changer and there's always going to be a pellegrino in there oh. which is fantastic you can get a twix they love twix for some reason i noticed that initially yeah. at the french rest stop i was like looking through their candy and I bought those peanut leons, which, you know, were not bad. And you got some whatevers, some cookies, some Twinkies, French Twinkie. Chocolate-filled Madelines that are basically Twinkies, yes. Mm-hmm. Delicious. I've had seven. But yeah, their candy selection is real Twix-heavy. Several different flavors of Twix. They also like the Maltesers. I don't even like, know what that is. Like a malt ball situation. Mm. Like a Whopper. Yeah. Here we would call it a La Gourmande. But <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, we did have the McDonald's. We did not have the BK. I think we, that's fine. Just to be crystal clear, the McDonald's was pretty good. I far superior to the UK McDonald's, which was an absolute disaster. Disaster. I, I don't remember if we mentioned that or not, but man, we tried to get brekkie at a UK McDonald's. Do not do it, guys. Oof. It's a horror show. It's bad. It was very bad. Yeah. Um. I mean, we have to say we did not intend Le McDonald. Um. But no, that's just another instance of the French kind of closing everything at inopportune moments and not being it was shy like 11 about o'clock, turning people yeah. away. Yeah, I'm like, uh, they're like, you want to drink? And we're like, no, snackies? And they said, no, no, uh, hit it. 
Um, they said, go down the street, Americans. There's a McDonald's right over there. And we said, fine. And um, we did. Yeah. And it wasn't bad, but, you know, we saw some misbehavior. We saw a woman spill her drink all over the floor. Oh, she just A bunch of drunk up. Frenchies yeah. at McDonald's. Yeah. They were having a hard time. I think that's just the case anywhere, yeah. you know, at that hour. Um, yeah, I, oh, I don't remember arriving here. Did we? Again, the problem with, you know, not eating so much and just kind of go, 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 going that you know brownout billy comes out and he doesn't remember a lot of things late in the, in the night when will says not eating so much he's talking about having three whole meals a day plus snacks in between constantly Listen. plus plus desserts plus water i have i, I don't ha- know where all this room comes from you're skinny now i act like it i yeah but i've been losing muscle mass that i've been worked i've worked so hard for my you know my uh B's are now A's. Oh, your pecorinos. Yeah. They've shrank down. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm sorry, man. You're going to have to hit the gym real hard when you get back. Do you think you're going to have a hard time doing that? Yeah. Yeah, it's been 12 days since you've been to the gym. I'm going to have to dial down the amount of poundage that I try to do it. Otherwise, I'm going to die. My legs, I'll be like, fuck it. Let's crush 200s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah. Yeah, sorry, sorry, readers. Guess who packed gym things and didn't go at all? Yeah, you fully intended to, but you never got around That's to it. It's fine. What are you going to do? It's hard. I, I don't know, man. What are you going to do? Wake up early every day? <sighs> we had a hard enough time doing that when we absolutely had to. Yeah, oops. I mean, we almost blew it on Versailles twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The first time we slept till whatever, 11, 11. and said, fuck it, we're not going today. Mm-hmm. And then the next time when we did actually go, we did the same thing basically, but we were like, oh, we'll be able to get tickets. And then on the way there, realized, oh no, Versailles is a fucking shit show. It's packed to the gills. You better show up early and you're not going to have enough time to do everything. Oh no, not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, dialing it back let's again. Arriving it. here. I mean, we covered it a little bit on the Brussels episode because we had just gotten here uh-huh. at that time. That feels like ages that ago. That feels like a week and ago. And it was a mere four days ago. Oh. But uh, yeah, we we went to our little wine cave spot. We probably talked about all of this already. I can't yeah. remember. We've been potting up a storm, by the way. At the at the wrong hours. Yeah, we potted up a storm last night on the request of a fan. So join the Patreon if you want to hear that one, because I don't remember. I, I don't it. remember. <laughs> There's a lot that you actually have to cut out. I think on the beat. Are beginning. you sure? Really? Mm-hmm. Why? What did I say? Oh uh, no, it was me stories about my parents meeting. Oh, you always want to cut that stuff out, but those are some of the best <laughs> gems in the world. Yeah, because you t- you tell all my terror stories to people, and you come know. on, man, it's the page. It's what they pay for. Oh, over like, there. I guess fine. Um. I mean, so let's just jump to the next day. The next day. Well, wait a minute. We did a lot on the first day, which is very important. What? Or, well, I mean, that, that, not that night, but the next day. Yeah, that's saying. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, that was the Louvre day. That was Louvre. So baby. we can get right into it yeah. with that. I mean, it actually started off with a little a little journée in the morning, getting the jambon. And the oh, yeah. T- describe that, because I was sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were waking up, and then I was... I got this reply. I have to do the pod, and I'm. Uh, I said okay. <laughs> um, so I go on my little journey. I take a little walkie walk, find a, a recommended boulangerie, as one does, and then lo and behold, there's a cheese shop right across the street. And I say okay, um, and then coffee. I kind of said I, I can't carry any more things. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot to say about the coffee situation. It's been a consistent thread in every country we visited, but it, it really reached ahead here in France. It's not really their fault. 
No, but it's I mean, just the peculiars of the Americans are, yeah. You know, rough. and I'll give it to them. When, when you indulge the coffee the way that you're supposed to, when you sit down with a little teeny tiny cup of espresso and a tiny tiny spoon and a little biscuit and you have an hour to blow, uh-huh. they do do it right. Yeah. It's very wonderful and delectable. But sometimes I need to slam a goddamn Trenta <laughs> just to get just to get moving in the morning and that is not a possible option no i mean you can one of the saddest moments of the entire trip and maybe of my entire life was when you ordered the last cold brew at starbucks i know i felt and a I little was, bad and i was stuck with the iced americano i mean yeah i mean i i regretted it immediately <laughs> um because you know that just sent me into like a third dimension of existence you know spiritually and then my body caught up and went oh no we have got to find a bathroom good thing we had to turn around on yield no that was the different day the days are all bleeding together. yeah they are all bleeding together but when anyway it, when it comes to the coffee meat we need to introduce three concepts over here ice. the first of which is ice of course the second of which is weak drip coffee because yeah. that's all i really want yeah is just some transparent brown liquid to make me placebo affect me into existence into wake up time yeah. you know and then we need to introduce the concept of large-scale cups because a venti is not a venti and soup lids are not lids that's true you don't want a paper sippy cup lid Oof. the europeans have a real obsession with greenwashing they love it they have wholeheartedly embraced it and i hope it never comes to america i will use a plastic straw till the day i die <laughs> They really are doing the thing of like, oh, no, do your part. And it's like, no, listen, I don't, I don't want to. I don't think it's a I think it's a little bit bigger than 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 you at this point. Yeah, they embrace personal guilt in a way that I think uh, us Americans, we just don't have they that have problem. way deeper, you know, Catholicity problems. So, yeah. But mm-hmm. so anyway, we, yeah, you, you did a really good job that morning. I was shocked and awed and overjoyed when you returned with all that stuff. And mm-hmm. most mornings we've been able to do that. It's been kind of a nice thing. To uh, enjoy the baguette and the fromage. Yeah, uh, yeah. the one day where all I could muster up the energy for it to, you know, fuck off to the 7-Eleven of boulangeries and came back with pan lot. Just said, all right, no, Papa's tired. I mean, that's the other thing. I don't know how they all do sweet breakfast. And they really do <sighs> all do it. You see people at the at the shops and they're all getting these like decadent pastries in the morning and they're walking around the metro with them. I don't know how they handle it. We've had know. some decadent ass morning sweets, though. I but mean, we got to supplement it with some goddamn, you know, simulation bacon here. Yeah, I mean, was the chocolate dipped hazelnut filled oh, canal delicious? It was so good. Yes, is that a breakfast food? <laughs> no, no fucking way, my guy. No, that that cake would have been served at a fancy restaurant for four people. Two. I mean, I, we split it in half, mm-hmm. and. I could have done with way less of it. Oh, I could have, I could have slammed the whole thing myself. Oh. <laughs> it was very good. It was um, very good. But yeah. yeah, that's been a, that's been a nice morning ritual, and you know, that's part of, part of the Paris living up to the hype is like, hey, there is kind of just baguette everywhere. And not, you can get, n- n- not here. Well, not where we're we are, but you, you know, know, we're in the Times Square again. So we're in the Soho. We have to go a little far, but I mean, when we've been walking around, on average, I would say you can get pretty good. You know, midday and morning food. Yeah. It's the night food it's that's all over really kind of rough. The night food, yeah. I mean, I think the thing is we didn't do any fine dining here when it came to no. the night food. We didn't make any resis. We didn't really... I tried, and then when the man just sh- shooed me away to, to the internet where I knew it was already booked, I was mm-hmm. like, I'm not going back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just shoot away. No one's to blame or anything. It's just to say that we were hanging out in the mid-range this time. We didn't do anything spectacular. I mean, we spent right. some money, but like... 
you know, we were just finding places. This was not like a curated journey. No, no, no. This is this was let the truffle pig run wild. Mm-hmm. Oink oink. And I found some gems. Oh, you did. Not yeah, mad. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like the better thing would have been like to actually like cook in the Airbnb, but it, it's literally impossible with that glass induction countertop to be like well i found it i found a good duck purveyor let's saute it up on i mean when we were in the market the other day coming back from versailles yes i was feeling the lack of a well-equipped kitchen really (laughs) badly because the move would have been to buy one of those steaks or perhaps some duck or some one of those muscle scooper Mm -hmm. one of those glorious chickens hanging from a cord yeah you know there was so much in there that we just couldn't indulge in but yeah cooking would have been the move because their ingredients here are amazing fantastic yeah Yeah. but yeah the food's been non-stop it's been pretty good yeah yeah Mm -hmm. but day one the louvre what can we say about the louvre that hasn't already been said the IM pays are looking a little dingy. We Someone needs down. to clean those Let's things off. Let's get the off. Windex and the man on the, the ladder, you know? You know, and then you're down there, and there's a mall down there. There's malls everywhere. That's an, that's another thing about France. Everywhere is a fucking mall here. All of their train stations are malls. Mall. The Louvre. The Louvre mall. mall. I don't know why they love the mall so much. I don't know. I, I mean, mean, you're running through those fragrance, you know, every week or so, getting sweaty you? on the train. I guess, but so. like... But it, it's all like low range shit. It's all very, I don't want to say downtrodden, but you know, yes. Well, I told you the one night. I can imagine the benefit to it when you're when you're just bopping around, you know, on your day to day commute, and some subway stations happen to be malls. That's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Hey, I need to pick up a shirt for tonight. Great, got it done. You know, you can you can do a little bit of your errand running in transit right which is kind of nice everything is like atlantic terminal except you don't even need to surface you get trapped in the mall underground yeah and then good god good luck trying to get out yeah um which is kind of the problem for me um and then you know the the concept of a pay toilet that's literally just a public one that's disgusting yeah they really nickel and dime you in france everything costs money Eh. the toilets cost money because the public ones are always out of order Oh, they never work. Unless yeah. you indulge in a pissoir, which feels a little awkward. Oh, it was. And they're stinky and gross. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, you got to pay for the toilet in the mall. You got to pay for every single museum. They don't have anything. They don't have any free stuff here. Versailles no. costs money. The Pantheon costs money. Everything costs money. That was weird. It yeah. was weird that the Arc de Triomphe, which is right, that a giant thing money. that's, you know, in the middle of, you know, a traffic circle, you have to pay. And I go, what? But it's a giant thing. I can just walk under that. You know, yeah, we can just, you know, we just walked around it and we admired the cops and their fine Austrian weaponry and their gay little hats. <laughs> and and their huge, huge arms. All the French cops are hot. Oh. They have hot, hot cops here. They're all jacked. They must have a real serious, like, physical examination. These are not donut-pounding guys from the Bronx. They are very butterfacey, though. Is that true? I've, In yeah, your estimation? There was only one that I was like, oh, my God. I saw a couple of nice-looking lady cops. Yeah, and there were some very like has heavily like lesbian, you know, mm-hmm. classic lesbian cops. And oh, I was like, of course, yeah, good yeah, for yeah. you, lady. Mm-hmm. She, she's like, I want to hold a gun. Yeah, they have guns instead of keychains here. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. Anywho, the Louvre. Louvre. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be hard to describe this because, first of all, I I think both you and I, as much as you can look at pictures of things and you know have an abstract idea in your head of scale, it's impossible to. 
I really had Tramp. no idea how Im- amazingly large and grand the Louvre would be. Mm-hmm. Same with Versailles, but we'll get to that. Yeah. I mean, just the scale of their former royal architectures <laughs> here is buck wild. Is absolutely insane. And the Louvre, I guess, is what did you tell me? Four hundred and eighty thousand objects. Yes. Something like that. Uh huh. We fully missed fifty percent of it. We skipped two floors. We just had to. Of the Louvre? Yeah. No. Yeah. No, we didn't. Yeah, we did, dude. We didn't see any of the old stuff. We skipped two floors. Y- no, you we and did I- not. Yes, we did. No. Yes, we did. There was. Yes, we did. There was. Fo- oh, the bottom floor. There that was we four kinda... in total, and we only went to two of them. Uh, we kind of skipped all the like old stuff. We skipped all the old stuff. We figured, hey, we got our treats at the British Museum. Yeah, the real spoils are there. The, the French old shit, I'm like, whatever. Like, it's presented better. Well, listen, I'm sure they have good stuff, too. I mean, we saw that dingus in the plaza today, by which There's... I mean an, an Egyptian obelisk that they brag about stealing. On the side of it, yeah. which is very funny to me. <laughs> On the side of it, they have a diagram in gold of exactly how they ripped it out of the ground and brought it to France, which kind of an incredible flex. They're like, yeah, we stole it, but it, it kind of, it's ours it's, now. It rules. Uh, yeah. We took it from Luxor. We know. Yeah. Oops. Um, mm-hmm. By the way, it's amazing. And it's ours now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, there was also a lot in the Louvre closed. Like there were a lot of, we're working on redoing some stuff. Like all the Spanish painting was not available to us. Right. We didn't see any Spanish painting at all. You I get saw a, a Goya. You get a few token Goyas in the hallway. Yeah. And that's about it. But yeah, I mean, we saw all as many of the paintings as we possibly could, much of the sculpture, much of the decorative art. What we d- yeah, what yeah. we missed out on was, you know, ancient Egypt, ancient Greece, whatever. A lot of that kind of stuff, which I'm sure their holdings of are, are great. incredible too. It's just this was a case where like I thought the British Museum or the Met were big, no. No. I so think cute. I think so the cute. Met building and collection could be housed in the Louvre five times over. Uh, without without exaggeration. I mean, if every object in the Met was up, it would fill maybe half of the Louvre. Mm-hmm. Like because again, this place is fucking jam packed. I mean, things are th- hung salon style in every gallery. Like it's, it's but mm- it's bangers at every corner. That's right. Yeah, this is the part that I think like you know, it can't be undersold. You're just like, mm, okay, well, it's it's a Poussin, and then you're like, oh, oh no, it's not one. It's fifteen of them. And they're huge. Yes. And they're in eh, condition, but they're huge. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, what's that room? That looks like a Rubens at the end of the... Holy shit, it's 25 paintings that are 18 feet tall. Yeah. Are you fucking joking? And it fills a full corridor. And you're like, uh, what? Like, brain breaking. Well, it's amazing. I mean, to talk about scale for a second, like, you think you've seen big paintings, you know? You go to the Louvre, or I'm sorry, the Met, and there's that one of George Washington in the big chunky frame, and you're like, oh, that's big, you know? It's. Or you you go to Gagosian and you see a Takeshi Murakami show, and it's like, oh, yeah, that painting's like 12 by 30 feet. That's pretty big. That ain't shit. Uh -uh. They They have paintings, they have rooms of, like Will just said, paintings that size or larger, and like 25 of them. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, you know, I was really tripping out about the coronation of Napoleon by David, which it turns out we ended up seeing twice. Love it. Love yeah. to see it. I mean, the... which th- that painting I ended up reading later is 20 by 33. So Jesus. Fucking and it's in a room with at least 100 other things, some of which are almost as big. Bigger. Yeah. 
It's in the same room as the Raft of Jericho, which in and of itself is a big painting, but in context looks like medium sized. Oh, yeah, it looks so you much know? smaller. Yeah. yeah. I mean... I was just astounded by that stuff. I mean, honest to be honest with you, I seriously kept thinking of Julian Schnabel. I was like, he's the only other painter I've seen that makes consistently... Gigantic pa- things, Things yeah. at the same scale, yeah. Like a masterwork level scale, yeah. yeah. I mean, what's I... I want to say Vasari, but that is that right? The Veronese across the, Verone- the street yeah. from the Mona Lisa. If I had to guess, that painting was at least 22 by 40 or something like Huge. That. I mean, in single canvas. It's a wall. It's crazy. So big. Multi-story high paintings. You and, know, and, and we learned... painted. Learn, like, yes. hardcore painted. Yes, like, we're not talking about somebody that dipped a towel in purple and threw it on his porch in Montauk. Yeah, these are like... You know, they're real paintings. People were spending some time on this. Absolutely, yeah. Like, and even like the, the Jeff, the Jeffy Koontz's, uh, like the large, like history paintings with the gazing balls sticking out of them and bullshit. Like, those are large and had five people working on them at one time. Mm-hmm. The Rubenses are double the size yeah. or triple. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we had like maybe three people working on them. Yeah. But there's so much paint. I mean, it's I, so I, much work. I know nothing about Rubens workshop, but let's say Ooh, he yeah. even had the same number of people as Jeff Koons, like 50 people, which I don't think is true. No. I think it would have been way less than that. There, a dozen there w- at most. There wouldn't be that many skilled artisans. No, of course not. Yeah. But they banged all those paintings out in like a year and a half. I think Yeah, it was like 18 months. Just crush it. To make a huge cycle of paintings. And then the coronation painting, the Napoleon David, we ended up learning later, a bunch of Americans were like, hey, we like that painting. Will you make it again? And he was like, yeah, sure, but I don't have the drawing, so I'll just do it from memory. And And here's the thing. The copy has a lot less paint. It's true. Him and one person. He had one assistant who was a student help him paint both those paintings, and he did them both in like two years. Among other things. I mean, again, in that room with that painting... It's got 40 Davids in it. The Death of Marat is over there. Another That's a copy. copy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jesus Christ. That painting of like the Spartan guys, I don't remember what narrative it's illustrating, huh? but it's the very iconic painting where there's that like collection of soldiers like back on one foot, oh, all contrapposto. Uh, fuck, what's it called? Something at. Is it Her- is it a Heracles or I'm not sure. Whatever. You know, you know the one they're holding swords. Yeah, they're holding swords. They're standing all crazy. That painting, which I thought was like the size of a TV. Yeah, because is of the actually death of, the size of a movie screen. It's show. It's always <laughs> shown in art history as like the same in the same time, the same size as like the death of Socrates. Mm-hmm. You know what? What painting looks cute? That one. Mm-hmm. It's four times the size. Incredible, and you know. The rest of the galleries are just amazing. I mean, you alluded to it before, but they do this amazing thing where you're like, oh, do you like this painter? Here's a room of them. Do you like this painter? Here's another room. Hey, I mean, hey I w- have you ever heard of this guy named Chardin? Hey, here's a couple here, and then uh, we're going to lead you to this little middle room. And here's about 40 of them. And then, oh, we weren't done yet. We're not done yet. We yeah. have a couple more. Well, and I was taken aback, like you know somewhere in the back of your mind that the history of French painting looms large, but when you kind of see them in their heyday when they were really running the show from like the 17th century to the 19th century, you just go through the French section and you're like, oh my God, they just have all the names. Ang, Chardin, Fragonard, Boucher, uh, David. I mean, everyone you can think of that's important after the Italians get get the run of the show in the Renaissance is French. And but here's the thing, I will say this, you know, there's a lot of you know a lot of misses. There's a lot of like rooms of 
garbage. Well, they're very proud of their nation, as they should be. So there's a lot of second-rate Frenchies from the 18th century where they're yeah. like, this deserves a whole room. And you're like, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. This is paintings of boats. Paintings I've of seen boats. paintings of boats. Like, you know, Romanesque-looking things that are painted flatly and badly. And you're like, oh, you were trying to be Italian. And you shouldn't do that. It's yeah, really bad. Stop. Um, and also, they're not good to help navigate this giant place. So I couldn't tell you if I saw them or if I didn't. So, oops. Um, well, and there, uh, on a side note, there are also just sections of the Louvre where I didn't see anything in the galleries because I was so distracted by the building itself. I oh, mean, yeah, there's a couple of rooms of that. Yeah. It's the original palace. So you're walking through there and you're like, I don't care about this little Egyptian piece of stone. How the, about the pieces of stone all around me that cost a trillion dollars? Let's talk about all the carving, the wood carvings in the ceiling. I mean, it's just incredible. We were talking about it on and off, but like th- this is true of a lot of France, uh, but the Louvre and Versailles really brought it out where like, you know, I get to thinking about wealth inequality in our age and I'm like, we ain't seen nothing yet. The accumulation is going to get real insane Psychotic. before there's actually a problem. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, like... People think we have it bad, but I mean, you, you think about... You could take the net worth of the top five billionaires in the world, and they couldn't afford to do any of this no, stuff. No, and that, here's that the thing. Here. Like, yeah, like, people are cute saying, like, get the guillotines. It's like, oh, no, no, no. It had to get so bad that some of the greatest things... I mean, are they the greatest things, or are they just the most extra- extravagant things? Like, what level of, like, Real Housewives of New Jersey is that taste level? Because it is a little gauche. Well, because you're you're retroactively applying what it became to it. Right. I, I don't think you can do that. I mean, maybe it was always gauche, but I doubt it. I, I think that kind of, like, opulence and splendor is just um, something that modern society... in. in insists is kitsch because it's too hard to do efficiently oh yeah i mean plus it's like i mean i think part of what ended up happening too, like all the aesthetic of all of that like end of royalty frenchiness like just it was always a matter of like how do we make that cheaper faster so like the painted marble in versailles becomes a thing of like well we ran out of money to refinish it and or if it got burnt or broken uh, we cannot find this at this quarry anymore. It doesn't exist anymore because we right. used it all already. We so you got to paint it. And then that, you know, filters down to the masses or churches well, I, doing painted marble work, you know. Industrial processes also just make formerly uh, precious things cheap. Porcelain is the perfect example. Something that by hand is very difficult to do is not very difficult to do by machine. Right. You know, so a lot of the, the very sumptuous materials there... Uh, don't have the same life anymore. If you wanted to make fuzzy wallpaper that glowed, big deal. You can do rolls yeah. and rolls of that out of polymers. You know, yeah, it's a true. much bigger deal when it has to be out of silk and you know dyes from the ocean that are rare, things like that. Yeah, but I mean, I, I was I'm just taken aback by the scale of things because I've seen other castles. You know, mm-hmm. I've been to, when I went to Germany, like I saw the one that you know Disney World is based on. I went to a couple others in Bavaria that are in themselves, you know very grand and have that same kind of opulent aesthetic of gold leaf and blah 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 yeah but i mean just nothing can compare to being in a building that is like the size of lower manhattan it feels like and the way they organize the spaces in there the ceilings are so high i mean it's unbelievable that there's multiple floors with 40 foot ceilings so it, it is like the same footprint as all the entirety of rockefeller center 
not just the building, but like the buildings around that can comprise the center itself. I'd be curious to see in like an overlay map, yeah. But like, uh, I think Versailles is even still a little bit longer. Rock, rock's taller. That's the only thing. Well, this is the grand thing about Paris that I've loved in general is that it's very low slung. Occasionally, you get a dingus like the Eiffel dingus, <laughs> or you get a dingus like the, you know the fucking Luxor dingus, and you get a little dingus there. And it's sticking up, and you're like, oh, that's cool. And they kind of are like landmarks. You can sort of see the top of the Pantheon like, from far away, yeah. and you're like, ooh, nice. But the rest of it like caps at six stories. Yes. That's the height of everything. So the whole time that you're here, you have a wonderful dome of sky no matter where you are. Yeah. And the width of their streets also helps in this. Wide sidewalks. Wide, so much sidewalk. Ri- wide roadways. Like everything. Uh, you really feel like... You know how the flat earther people describe the earth as like a flat disc with a dome? Yeah. Paris feels like that. Except when you're in La Defense and you're like, ooh, this is where all the ugly got put. Well, yeah, we accidentally ended up in the Long Island city of Paris. Oof. And we were like, oh, yeah, I guess this is where business gets done. But God, it looks bad. What are we doing here? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. No, but I mean, every area you walk through, it's just, you know, these like ironwork fences on every window. Like, Neon everywhere, awnings everywhere. The uh-huh. color at night, especially, is wild. gorgeous. But yeah. even during the day, is impressive. Like, you know, uh, patinaed iron that's green with gold gilding all over it. I mean, it's a spectacular Bunkers, place yeah. overall. I mean, yeah. Uh, what else is in the loop? I don't even know. I feel like you end on your greatest hits, and you're like, I called it the Hall of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Painters because you're like. Oh, that's just a really good Raphael. Oh, those are just some Leonardo da Vinci's, but they're not uh, yeah. with the other one. Yeah. So people kind of like walk by it and then they go, wait a minute. And you just kind of watch that for a couple minutes because it's very funny. I mean, um, I'm trying to think of stuff that, that stood out to me. Like um, there's a Giotto painting on panel, which I didn't really even know existed. That is so big. Huge. For the beer, era yeah. that I c- couldn't believe it. And then a Fra Angelico right across the street which is in immaculate condition uh-huh. you know, and from huge 1419, I think and huge. Um, oh God, but there's just so many things. I mean, you couldn't even name them. I mean, no. like you said, it's bangers wall to wall and, and it's hard, you know, a few days later to try and. Well, it's just summarize like, it. You know, you're just going through everything and you're like, okay, so this is art history 101, right? Or 102. And you're like, oh, 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 you're just checking down a list of things that you're like, what? No one told me they were the size of, you know, f- two semi trucks stacked on each other. Mm-hmm. That would have been helpful to know. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you do sort of know it. Like, you can read the dimensions in a book, but it doesn't, doesn't convey. That doesn't do, you know, again, it, it's always about teaching, like, like the context for the thing. And, like, you know, if the material was like a new thing, and I'm like, you know what was new? Building a fucking support that was that goddamn large and having... How did you do that? How you do it? I know. I would love to see the back of those kind of things. I, they're fucking wild, I'm sure. I wonder. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I can really see the benefit of studying abroad. I'm glad I came as an adult, you know, where you can really appreciate seeing these greatest hits that you've never seen before in life. And I don't know. Like, do they live up? live up to their name and like most of the time they do we've been talking this whole time about like how sort of humbling and like 
uh, I don't know, disappointing it's going to be to go back to the Met in New York, like a place that I've always cherished to visit as like a world-class museum. I'm like, oh, this is provincial shit. It's so cute. We don't really have good examples of anything. We don't have entire suites of things. I mean, you just, you don't get the context for this art history 101 type of stuff oh, yeah. if you're into it. And, it, and you know, it's nice as an older person to like revisit that side of myself that was really excited about that type of painting because right. I don't tend to get really worked up about it normally. Partly, I think, for Americans, that's just because, again, we don't we have don't good have anything, examples yeah. that, that really show you how impressive this stuff can be. Uh-uh. Um, we have cleaner examples because we get our one and then museums are like, we got to like conserve the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. So it's always, they always look better. But yeah. They're always lesser. That's right. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, bad. I do. I do want to say real quick that my favorite Vermeer of all time should have been in the Louvre. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But they gave it over to the Louvre Abu Dhabi. Oops. So yet another reason to glass the Middle East, if you ask me, because okay. I, I'm really tired of these people and them taking things from me and our country. It's my so, God-given right to see the astronomer. I don't think that a bunch of Emiratis need to be looking at it. They probably aren't. Just, They're not. Um, <sighs> Jesus Christ. Um, I mean, I don't know. Either way, so post-Louvre, post which we spend three hours in, which, you know, which was a sp- the speed run of the century. I mean, if you've, you know, people who, who know who I am know that three hours in a museum is unheard of for me. Yeah, that's right. I, I don't do that. I couldn't, I, there's no possible way to even, you know, I just was walking around with my jaw on the floor, so it took a little bit longer. It did, yeah. Um, but then we go to Dumego, have a little lunchy from the angriest waiter in the entire world. Oh, yeah, that angry guy. Yeah. I liked him, though. I did not. I liked this. I like the surly people that we've encountered. But this man forgot my order. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And I will not forgive him. Um, and then we go. Well, that we was ha- a nice lunch overall, though. I forgot about that. It was the fishy lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fishy platter lunch. Yeah, we had a great, uh, you know, salmon and herring, uh, sort kind of terrine thing. Yeah. Quite um, good. And then you know you just keep going and you do the Dorsey right after that you you know. Bang bang, epic museums. Ill advised. Don't do it. Well, Re- I mean, reader, just don't. I, I mean, I I remember joking, like not even joking, half joking before we left for the trip, like we should do two days for the Louvre, and you should. Like honestly, that wouldn't you know, that still not be enough. You could go there every day for a week, and it would really wouldn't be enough. Right. But two days would be sufficient to at least get through cover all the most ground. Of it. But yeah. yeah, so we go to the Musée d'Orsay. Um, which pound for pound, uh, was great. And to be clear, like they structure all of their museums here where it goes like ancient to about 1840. And then they do a modern museum, which isn't what we would call it. No, but it's like 1840 to like 1914. Yeah. that's. And then everything after world war one is in a separate museum. Then it ships off to the Pompidou. And they combine that with contemporary, which is sort of what we do, but not exactly what not we do. Quite, yeah. It's very strange. I feel like m- most of our museums are comprehensive, the big ones. Yeah. Meaning the Met or, your, you know, your regional city's local museum. It's just going to have everything. We don't have de Orsay's. Like, we don't have this obsession with the 19th century as its own thing. They really like the beginning of modernity being separate yeah. from everything else. This is why MoMA does a really good job of going like, no, 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 you kind of got to include this, some of this stuff a little bit, you know? And then we'll throw your contemporary and fuck it, whatever. 
which honestly I feel like they should spin off contemporary from MoMA and be like, put up, put up the bangers. Come on. You have bangers. Yeah, that would be great, honestly. You have the bangers, pull a Dorsey, and then just spin off MoMA contemporary somewhere. You don't need a contemporary section. Just use that giant lobby or whatever. Who cares? Contemporary art sucks. Anyway, <laughs> um, the Orsay, so, though, I mean, the bangers there, I have a more clear memory for. I think it's just because it's stuff that I tend to get more excited about. And it's also le- it's less clusterfucky together. That's true. You're yeah. like, ooh, banger. Ooh, banger. And then you're like, uh, some bad shit. Some bad brown gray shit. And you can just kind of memory wipe that. Yeah, but I mean, uh, they have... Two giant corbets, the famous funeral one, oh. the uh, giant artist studio one. Both, again, things you see in books and have no sense no of No sense of scale, like. yeah. They have the origin of the world. You have the luncheon on the grass. Um, you got Olympia. You have Olympia, that's right. Jesus Christ, I almost forgot about that. Which, you know, that's the kind of thing where I thought it was bigger. It's always like, this is the thing, that Burial at Ornan is always printed very small at the bottom page yeah. of every art history book. They're like, it's important. But it's kind of like a wide rectangle, so we can't really show how large it is. And the Olympia is always huge because it's like it's the most important painting. I'm like, listen, I gotta tell you right now, that big fucker kind of a little bit better. Just gonna say it. Well, you, you know, one of the reasons that I'm glad that we did the museums in one day and in the order that we did, as challenging as that was physically and mentally to speed run like that. Yeah. I really like seeing the story in order. Right. And well presented because by the time you've spent all day at the Louvre and you get to something like like Olympia, you can actually see why it was controversial. Yeah. And how different it is from all of the um, much more polished academic, yeah. academic stuff. Um, and it's great that the Orsay does does an entire floor basically that really dwells on like the period from Napoleon to Manet. It feels like eating your vegetables. And then you get to the fun part. And then you get to the fun part, but when you see that explosion... Of color. Of, of color and of subject matter, mm-hmm. you're just really grateful for it. Because you're yeah. like, oh my God, they stopped with the religious scenes, finally. They stopped with the like flowing like Art Nouveau bullshit mm-hmm. of like... Ugh. Well, and you see, like, the, the, there was those two giant Toulouse-Lautrecs, and you're like, wow, these were these must have looked even rougher back then than they look today, because oh, they yeah. look like a fucking Oscar Murillo. They're, like, stitched together, different Real pieces funky, of canvas, yeah. you know, by the standards of the day, especially, like, barely finished images of hookers. Giant. Right. And you're like, wow, this is this was a giant fuck you. Like it was great. Impressionism because and post-impressionism because it's largely been turned into bathroom art. Printed on every coffee cup from here to Indiana. Has you know? has really lost a lot of its edge, but when you see it in context, it's like, wow, this is fucking amazing. Yeah. Which again, our museums do in a limited format, but it's just we, we don't, don't we have, don't have the good ones. We don't have the good stuff. We don't have the good stuff. So it's hard to see. And you and you can see all of their all of their uh reverence for the old stuff too. There's so much illusion to old masters and it takes a long time for it to get like totally away from that. Right. It's and not till post World War Two that you really lose contact with that old world. I think that yeah, and I think that there's still like a little like I think there's still a little like butthurt about, you know, impressionism and post like because again, MoMA has the better things. Like, granted the you know, there's no better mayonnaise than the Dorsey. Right, you have your your highest tier bangers. The portrait of Zola, 
Olympia, Luncheon on the Grass. You're like, okay, yeah. the big three. They're all here. We got it. Um, and then, because they're, they're still proud of that, they're like, oh, it was kind of like a fuck you to the salon, but at the same time, like, mm, these are really good because it goes back to the other histories, right? Sure. Um, but when you get into, like, uh, what's the man? Went to Tahiti and got syphilis. Gauguin. You know, th- they'll have the frontispiece of Gauguin's chuck- chuckle and fuckle hut, you know, like, what was it called? His pleasure house? Yeah. yeah. Which, like, weird. Um, <laughs> but, like, they don't have very good paintings. That's true. They don't really. And their their Gauguin uh, holdings are lacking, that's for sure. Because we've got better ones in the States. We, well, we, good, we, we got ta- some good ones. We talked about it a little bit. Uh, my, my theory is this, especially with post-Impressionism. I think, I think up through Impressionism, the Europeans were down. They were like, this is okay. And then it started to get a little bit weird. Like, mm. even weirder than, like, the Salon de Refuse or whatever. Yeah. It starts to get strange to the point where Europeans at the time weren't buying Van Gogh, weren't buying Gauguin. These pe- the, the whole star- starving artist in a garret legend begins around that time because the Europeans straight up rejected it. It was, like, too radical for them. But right. the Americans came through and were like, we like this. We like it, and it's cheap. Especially it. after the World Wars, when there wasn't much art making for a while mm-hmm. of any real capacity. And then all the capital transfers to New York, and the New Yorkers have this uh, flair for the new. Yes. So they love Jackson Pollock, so what was he looking at? And then you start to rediscover... Well, no, Peggy Guggenheim was buying all the fucking Kandinsky's and Matisse's and the things, like, you know, like... Sure, the whole time, but that's to the point. That yeah. That the, the, the new empire was looking to the future and was saying, like, oh, all this stuff that to you guys is obscure and weird and bizarre, we'll just take it all. We love it because it's new. It's not your boring bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, Matisse was so underrepresented here. It was incredible. I just, insane. like, couldn't believe it. We have all the good stuff. Yep. Yeah. So suck it, France. Um, yeah, I don't know. That was that was the insane part. I don't know. That was very strange to me. I was like, hmm. They really, yeah, they just kind of stopped caring about certain things and this extends to the pompidou uh, to a large extent too however yeah you know uh they do really good i don't know i don't know why it's hung so well but the layout of the pompidou is great like the flow of the rooms is like what mm-hmm. the guggenheim wish it was like yeah. the lighting's perfect it's soft it's the right amount of things you know they're like here are our really good picassos here's our you know you know, decent Kandinsky's, yeah. you know, and then there's a lot of lesser stuff and then you're like, oopsies. Um, but they care a lot about how they present the like printed matter. They like show that like the blue rider is really important to like that. And I was like, okay, great. Okay. And that all starts to click in a little bit more. Cause sure. you're like stuff that you hear about in art history. You're like, what? Yeah. I don't think I have ever seen a good example of a Chagall before. Right, but yeah, then yeah. there was one there, and I was like, "Oh, this is why he's a big deal." Yeah, and whose studio was that? Was it Chagall Studio? I'm not sure. I forgot. It was fucked. It was a little weird. It's tough because they don't label everything in English, and we don't buy the audio guides, so we're a little in the dark when it comes to context, other than what we already know. Uh, yeah. That's what well, I would say. But, but yeah, the, I mean, the, the, the Pompidou is a, ni- a nice extension of this conversation. We might as well go through it. Um, the thing that's weird to me is, again, they have like pretty spectacular holdings of like uh, during the wars and the interwar years. But man, does it fall off in 1945? Ooh, baby, they just have a really strange. I mean, look, it's Europe; they're proud of their own history. But like, let's be honest. We talked about this already. We're beating a dead horse on another episode. But like, 
guys, you got to get some Rauschenbergs. You got you got to get some American stuff. It's the better art. The, I mean, the best nouveau realism is bad. Oh well, yeah, I mean the best. I mean they had that really nice Christo room. Yeah, that's which true. I forgot. I was like, oh yeah, th- that's your guy. And then they're like, yeah, we know. Mm-hmm. Like we have to do it. But then they're like, look at all this Ar- Armand, and I'm like, oof. Yeah. Oof. It's rough. Yeah. Oh. Their thing as it gets later in time is that they love room-sized installation art, we learned. I mean, Which feels very undergrad to me. It's like very impressive to a 17-year-old mind. I mean, this is what I said. I mean, you know, cancel me for this, but like, you know, these imperial history countries are like, oh, we're kind of sorry. Are you like darker than khaki and you did a like bad painting or bad sculpture thing? Can we not pronounce your name? Okay, you get a room at, in the Pompidou, and you're like, but it's bad because it's first thought, worst thought, best, yeah, yeah. best thought. Like, uh-uh. like they're just feeling real bad about stuff, right? But although some of, some of their feeling bad, for example, for the Holocaust, um, makes for good art. They had a decent installation of Kiefer there. They had a Joseph Boy's felt room with the piano. The in Christian it. Boltanski was installed beautifully. Yeah, it's all installed well. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't have any problem with their presentation. The French are good at presentation. Yeah. I mean, they just are. Um, but again, it's their taste that's a little sus. You know? um, here's the thing, though. When you, when, when you, when I get into the room with the Barnett Newman Jericho and then a really banger of a red and black Rothko yeah. and then, you know, an, a canvas and black zip painting, I just start crying immediately. <laughs> Not even joking. I'm like welling up yeah. and I'm like walking around. I'm like... You think about these, this goes back to, you know, um, the Dorsey and uh, the Louvre, but you're like, you spend so much time in your life thinking about these things. Yeah. And like dwelling on them for the better part of 20 years. And you're like, it's here. Oh. And then it all just hits you because you're like a little stone. Like, and you just start unwinding a little bit. Sure. And then you're just slapped in the face with like an Eve Klein. And you're like, Oh, so close. So yeah. close. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel the same way. The The reason I think I, I keep circling back to the idea that American art is so good after 1945, and I have a chip on my shoulder about them not including it, right. is the same kind of radicality that, like, Manet demonstrated against the Academy was what the Americans were doing at that point, and they yeah. just kind of reject that because they're like, no, but our Academy. And you're like, fuck you. Fuck you, you're it's bad. not good anymore. You, you just smushed stuff on the ground and then threw newspaper on it and said, aren't we good at assemblage too? And we're like, no, because you don't have any Rauschenberg to look at to know right. that you're doing it bad. Right, right, yeah. They're like, but we had Arta Pavera. I'm like, yeah, and you know, in Ulrika's house, there's a better example than the one here, okay? Right, right. Although the blue one's pretty hot. I don't know. Like, You know, and it's it's not all bad. It's just, it's a little stodgy. It's a little behind the times. It's a little too worked on. It's a little too arty. Like, right. the Americans kind of dispensed with being fussy with abstract yeah. expressionism. We got over it. And then even with pop art, you could say that. Like, when they did have an Andy Warhol there. That wasn't bad. This is Maryland, though. Or, no, not Maryland. Liz. Liz. Um, yeah. You know, a Warhol's a Warhol's a Warhol. But, yeah, I mean, in, in the context of the stodgy European art, you're like, oh, wow, you just dispensed with all the accoutrement. Which is what they don't like, yeah. But is what is good about it. You know, you just yeah. cut to the chase, and we're like, "What are we doing here? We don't need to splatter paint on it to make it good." No Twombly, not a single Twombly. Did. Yeah, there's no Twombly here, strangely. 
Which is weird because or, like, or in the UK, there's really none. There was one sculpture somewhere. There's a I lot of sc- they have a lot of the sculpture here, like the white sculpture. But like I think, uh, is it uh, the Eve Tangi, the blue? Like, you know, it would help to have like a Twombly nearby to be like, oh, this is how surrealism has echoes. Sure, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, he's the, he's a great bridge for um, American. Um, an expatriate sensibility. Sure, yeah, like like the uh, free mentality, but with that you know reverence for ancient a history, a classicist sense, yeah. American. Yes, it's, that's why they like Ellsworth Kelly too. I think, as much as he's a colorist, he's very much a classicist. He, yeah, they, I mean they're very shapey, and but the problem is like there's only two that are from, there's only one that's very old, um, which I was like again astounded to see. I was like, hello, friend. And but all the other ones are like from the eighties or later, and I was like, uh, no, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know there were two of them were like from twenty fifteen and nineteen. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I literally was like, cool. Saw that at Matthew Marks. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Um. Oh, I, I wanted to mention this at the Orsay. They were having a Kehinde Wiley show at the time. Yeah. And I was getting a little were. heated thinking about it. You know, it relates to this point about, like, Americans being so good at a certain point and how our empire is, like, probably kind of waning artistically. I I don't even want to get into the politics of it. Mm. But, like, artistically, we're shitting the bed right now. Mm. I think that's clear. Like, if our export is Kehinde Wiley, like, are you kidding me? And he's outsourcing all the labor for it anyway, too. Sure. But the the point is, it's like, you know, yeah, sure. Does he make reference to things like Manet and old master paintings with, like, the poses of his figures? He sure does. But... Is his work anywhere near as radical as like putting a a naked woman with like clothed men in contemporary dress, the luncheon on the grass? Like how much of a stir that would have caused at the right. time, and like how 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 like what revolutionary of a gesture that was to present as art? Like Kehinde Wiley is capitalist wallpaper, and it's well. Here's the thing: he was and not, it's pandering and it's shitty. It's he not was also good art. Not with. He was in the hall of pandering, shitty sculpture. Well, but we didn't go into his whole special exhibition. The, those were just the lead-ins to... Wait, there was a special exhibition? There was a Kehinde Wiley gallery there that we didn't pay to go to. There was? Yes. Huh? Yeah. There was a whole show there. Really? At the time. And I just didn't like seeing it against all these old masterpieces. Or n- not old not old masters, Where was it? but... It was off to the side. No, it wasn't. Yeah, man, they advertised it, and we didn't pay for it on the ticket. Don't get bogged down in this. Okay, well, anyways, but, uh, yeah. Um, it just made me mad thinking, like, you know, these artists that were, like, really trying to do something different and original should not be hung with this schlock. Well, yeah. And it's just a thing that museums do, and I know there's no use in kicking against the pricks. Everybody's got to have a Karsten Holler water slide with your titties out <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> But like, I, yes, that's it's the just, official title. You hate yeah. to see it. It sucks. It's a little, yeah, it's a little disappointing. And especially yeah, yeah. as a representation of like what our our art is like now. After it was so good, I would be like, you guys, just please find something else from New York. <laughs> I can't get this out of here. I you think know? it's also just like <laughs> it's an easy thing to shoehorn into that kind of work. Totally. You know what I mean? Like, it would be different if someone made other references to like classical painting and sculpture but like he's the one doing it loudest that's right 
And like it would take a, a smarter curator to find a sculptor who like has references, but they're not one to one. Right, 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 right. But I, it's the door save. They're like, no, we need bangers only. I'm so sorry. And yeah. It's like, here's the thing, like that giant painting or giant sculpture of the horse and the guy with cornrows falling off is massive and huge and can play on that scale. But like if you throw something really contemporary in there, it wouldn't work. Like it has to kind of fall in the realm. Right. So. Yeah, it's just the it's just the paper thin concept of something like a Wiley that yeah. I really reject. Whereas there's a lot of like um, play and density and cleverness with the art that's really good. Well, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, you want to talk about Versailles or you want to talk about some food? You want to take a food break from the art? Yeah, let's or take you a food get break. Right into Versailles. What was the food break? I forgot. Well, what we had that bang in Szechuan that night, which was oh, a real right. uh, pleasant surprise. We've been having not bad Asian food. Yeah. I don't know how or why. But on, on this trip, I think that of the like random finds, those have universally been the best. Even the Lebanese was The Lebanese banger. was pretty good. Yeah. The Lebanese in Brussels. Yeah, that's right. Um, and the, uh, you know, the ramen that we mentioned in London. Yeah. Um, but we had the Szechuan here that was like, yeah, that was next level. I mean, that was so good. Wild. Yeah. Unbelievably tasty. And you're like, after having so much butter and fat and butter and fat and butter and fat, you, you got to knock your tongue back into submission, you know? Yeah. Snap back down. Well, something with some spice, with some brightness, you know? With seasoning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, coating your tongue in red wine and ciggies is, you know, a choice. Um, and it does a good job of, like, snapping you back into a sense to reality, which is really nice. Um, we were talking about it a little bit off, Mike, but I also think that there's some... The immigrant communities here, because it is a foodie-type culture and people do appreciate refined things, I think that, like, a Chinese immigrant, for example, doesn't dumb down their food. Right. I really think even, the, like, quote, good stuff that you get in New York is dumbed down to some extent for an American audience. There's some sugar. I mean, there's always going to be sugar added. Sugar and MSG is just, like, takes it over. Like, we yeah. had tripe in one of the dishes that we ordered, and normally I don't like tripe because because normally tripe has the texture of calamari, which it shouldn't have. No. This, this was tripe like was like butter. the fat off a ribeye. Yeah. It was, it was delicious. Great. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, we just got a big old, like, boiling bowl of tripe and beef to put over rice. We over-ordered like a motherfucker. We got Oops. Yeah. the Szechuan green beans, which were spectacular. Little diced bits of pork on there. So I yeah. We I got spring rolls. I figure out how to make that at home. We got dumplings. Yeah, that would be an easy dish to make at home. Yeah. You need the peppercorns, though. Mm-hmm. You got peppercorns. You can get those. Yeah, the spicy ones. Yeah, sure. Szechuan peppercorns, right. yeah. not, not a problem. Yeah. Yeah, but it was it was quite good. It was very I, mm, mm, yeah, I I don't know. I and think, sorry, go ahead. I I, I just think it's you. very like, you know, it's when people are like, oh my god, did you have all the good food? It's like here's the thing: all the good food is really fat, and all the good food doesn't honestly have like eye appeal most of the time. You know, it's gonna taste amazing or at least funky and be a weird like novelty. Sure, because the history of this kind of like gastronomy is wild well and it's for people without teeth that's all i can ever think about when i eat it is like this is for people that had you know dentures from a slave or an elephant and they took them out to eat all the food is designed around the mushy gums yeah it's a yeah 
but then they love a toast point. So I'm like, how are you chewing that? Mm, Um, but like, yeah, like to have like bright, like, like when you're, it's like, oh, what was your last meal in Paris? It's like Korean. Yeah. Like why? Oh, cause there's only so much fucking bread you can eat. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I didn't want to have another like creams and breads moment. Although the crepe today was. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a good, that's a good thing to bring up too. A buckwheat crepe with jambon raclette. I was in heaven. Yeah. A savory crepe. It was not bad. That neighborhood we were in was really cool. I think that was the 16th arrondissement. Fifth. Fifth. Yeah. Really? Oh, okay. Then I'm, think, I'm right? all over the map. But we walked through the 16th when we got to Balzac. Oh, okay. But yeah, we were we were way south of the Seine today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went, you know, we had a kind of a lazy day because we tied one on last night. Oops. And uh, didn't have, you know, we didn't have that much on the agenda. I think we kind of covered all the major shit. So we went to the Arc de Triomphe and the Pantheon. Neither of which I have too much to say about. I They're mean, there. It's nice to go and see the sights and be in a different part of town, basically. Mm-hmm. Um. But walking around that little area today was fucking gorgeous. That was great. It was the first hilly segment of Paris that we hit. Mm-hmm. So it's nice. It really has that old European feel, narrower streets, like old churches. We went in another cathedral today, St. Genevieve, that I've never heard of in my life. Don't know her. That was fucking spectacular, as they always are. Even the little ones are bangers. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, we got the savory crepe there. We walked around. I peed on natural because I tried to do my due diligence and go yeah. to a public toilet, but both were out of order. So, did I you found... go in that little garden? No, I mean, I just went on the street. Like, I finally, I, I walked and walked and walked until I thought I was going to piss my pants, and I finally found like a little carve out in a wall. Mm-hmm. It was sort of like not even quite like the size of a door. Uh-huh. And I was just like, all right, I have no choice. I have to go right here. So I you know, made my own pissoir. <laughs> it was a choose your own adventure. I don't know why some of the public toilets don't have the like side pisser. I feel like they all should have that. It's the easiest thing. 90% of the time, that's what they're going to be used for. And I have a feeling they're out of order all the time because, you know, some, somebody then blew them up. Yeah. Somebody that just finished their like fifth terrine of the day. You is know, going through and it. had an espresso, yeah. didn't quite make it all the way, you know. Anyway, but that was a nice part of town. Yeah. I liked that. If I were ever to come back here, I would like to stay in a part like that. If yeah, not that part. That seems like the, the vibe. It's yeah. walkable, and there it, there is just more like, oh, you get your snackies all the time, you know. Well, and Sunday in Paris is really funny because a lot of things are closed, but it also seems like people flee the city center to go to the more far flung areas. They're going to the burb burbs of the yeah and you know we took like a crowded rush hour train at 7 p.m on a sunday it was very strange it was weird but yeah it seems like sunday is a day for walking around and having a crep and you know waiting in a queue for just the enjoying your life pantheon yeah that's um, for the tourists but anyway uh we should talk about versailles mm-hmm. it's huge everything's so big well, we fucked up Versailles twice, as I mentioned before. Yeah. We blew it off completely the one day because we slept in too long. And then the day we did actually go, we got up early intending to do it. And around 10 a.m. when we were partway on the train out there, it's an hour outside of Paris, we realized that getting tickets to this was more difficult than we thought and that it wasn't a good idea to just walk in. Oh, yeah, that would have been the worst idea. So after a shit show of stopping in a, a bum-ass, you know, corporate part of town, 
having the website crash over and over again, you were finally able to secure tickets for 2 p.m. We had intended to get there at like 11. Yes. Um, which, God, I wish we did. Because I the, think if we would have just gone and been like, no tickets, they would have just let us in and it would have been fine. Yeah, that's another thing. I think I've learned about Europe that it's pretty laissez-faire. I think if you just show up and you're like, oh, I, I didn't, didn't know. I mean, I didn't book tickets for the Louvre. We just went and it, it was like, oh, fuck, you got to book tickets. And there was just, here's some tickets for five minutes from now. I was like, great. Bye. I think Versailles would have been a different animal, though. There was more people there than yeah, anywhere we've here's been. Here's the thing. Uh, if we would have gotten there early, I think it would have been fine. If we would Probably. have gotten there at 11, the scene outside would not have been the same. Um, because when I tell you there is no one that works at Versailles until they're trying to kick everybody out, that is the case. There is no one that works at that place keeping any sense of order oh, at no. all. Until, you're exactly right. Until the end of the day when all of these suddenly all of these like golf carts and like maintenance vehicles start to spring up and the stanchions start to come out. And they're, you know, blocking things off and they're like, no more. Yeah. You know? Why? Yeah, wild. Like, no one is hurting the crowds. The crowds are forming their own line. And I don't know why. Whoever just didn't decide to, you know, zigzag the line because there was, there should be, like, uh, stanchions. Well, I think they don't do stanchions because I think in general foreigners are pretty good at being orderly. This, you know, we should say when we showed up, we're thinking like, okay, we have our 2 p.m. tickets. Worst case scenario, we'll wait 10 or 15 minutes like we did at the Louvre and we'll be right in. We get to a line, several lines, but the line that we were in was uh, 200, 300 people long at I least. I want to say it was, what's the length of the driveway of Versailles? Quarter a, mile? At least a f- football field and a half. One football field, not an and a half, but yes. I think you don't realize how big a football field is. Smaller than that. But anyway, yeah. uh, very long. And this line went from the entrance of Versailles, which is all the way at the back end of the driveway, uh-huh. all the way to the end and then snaked a little bit. Yeah. And we're thinking, oh, fuck. We have 2 p.m. tickets. We're, we're going to be in this away. line till 4 o'clock. Turns out the line moves pretty fast. We get in there around 2.30. Yeah. You know, uh hilariously they shovel everybody through a single metal detector for yeah. some reason they can't get a lineup going airport style of like six or seven of these things maybe speed this process up but anyway well they did have a second metal detector that was not being used on the left and i said huh seems like you have six doors you only have one open and you have this uh you know lineup outside you want to but it kind of made that on. it kind of made sense once we got in there though because basically there are so many people at Versailles on a Saturday that you're being you're being extruded through there like a sausage through a german's digestive tract <laughs> you're just like you're just being pressed against other people as you move through the bowels it's, of yeah, this giant space it's a people space. mover experience like they should just put it on like a track where like you just like are on the moving sidewalk and they're just like, okay, this mm-hmm. is Versailles. Uh, they should do that. If you want to pop off at any time, you can, but we're going to keep on moving. Yep. Um, but I mean, it's incredible. I mean, th- I just remember the first thing we walked into, you, you're sort of floating around for a second before you get on the extruder. And I look to my right and there's just a chapel that is in enormous space. You can't go in there. It's stanchioned off, but you can look in there. And it's a football field sized chapel. And it's the first room that you see. Uh-huh. And you're just like, 
holy shit, this is amazing. I want my picture of this. Okay, moving on. And it's just room after room like this. Room yeah. after room and thoroughfare after thoroughfare like this. Every staircase grand. Every room amazing and different and decked out in a Covered new in... type of marble. A new type uh-huh. of wallpaper. Incredible shit. Just endless amounts of like, oh, 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 I didn't know you could get marble in that color. Mm-hmm. Wait, how, like, the wallpaper coloring, I was like, how they do that? How did they do that? How how are any of these textiles this rich? This is literally impossible. And And I mean, just again, thinking about the sheer logistics of it boggles the mind. You can look at like a single light fixture and go that took a dozen people a year they're they're blind you know check people yeah however many years ago cutting glass be- into so many facets because there's a row of what what was the math it was five chandeliers across a span and then so every mm, 10 feet there's another five so then you're just like, what? Yeah, you're talking about the iconic Hall of Mirrors, which has no less than 50 chandeliers in a, yeah. in a single space. And I can't even imagine how many mirrors, how much gilding, how much marble. I mean, all from different places. It's absolutely fucking incredible. Insane. Insane to think about. Just yeah. the, the fact that it ever got finished, let alone with any amount of speed. Like, Considering, how, you know... The French idea of what speed is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it just made me think that back then, the biggest difference between society before the Industrial Revolution and this and society after is that back then, labor was the cheap thing. Mm. The materials were expensive. The labor was cheap. Right. You paid people almost nothing. Right. So you could, you could get... Get the good shit. Hundreds yeah. and thousands and tens of thousands of people and just get these great materials from all over the world, which before airlines, before large-scale ocean shipping, I mean, getting these things over land from Italy, giant slabs of marble that had to be dragged by heart, cart and horse. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it could never be done again. Like, no. nothing this spectacular will ever be done again. You made a very good point when we were outside Versailles that really stuck stuck with me. We were talking about the billionaires and what they do now and their lack of imagination and all this stuff. And you're like, now they go to the moon. But back then, this was going to the moon. Yeah. This is what you did instead. You spent a similar amount of resources. Quantity of yeah. GDP on that goal. Well, the fact that you had GDP is also the thing. Like, you know, our contemporary billionaires don't have GDP. Mm-hmm. This is, when you're in Versailles, you're like, Oh no! This is this is the concentration of the wealth of an entire nation. This isn't just like one rich guy, right? Because there were other rich guys, and they're like, "Yeah, we don't really fucks with that." Um, right. We were talking about at one point, like it's sort of an ambiguous thing, not being French. Like, are they proud of this? Is it a mark of like some kind of weird excess that we shouldn't like? Yeah. You know, I, I, and this is all just very American, like Protestant thinking about things, just moralizing everything. I don't think they have that attitude. Right. Um, but yeah, I think we kind of landed on the idea that like they're obviously proud of it because it was a product of GDP. Like on some level, it was a national pro- uh, project. Yeah. Even though it was driven by Louis the Fourteenth or whatever. Yeah. Um, it does represent all of France in a certain way. That's true. It was yeah. all of their resources put into this. 
you don't have you're, you're right though you don't have country scale projects like this except for space programs really yeah um and military things <sighs> yeah that's pretty much i mean it. if we put some trillion dollars down we can make a real big house for some stuff yeah 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 but no we don't we don't do that anymore and you know part of it is is that we have everything's oriented towards technology so you can move from place to place we talked about this in terms of the billionaires like they live in 12 or 13 different places so every the every site doesn't need to be so grand yeah there's you're paying for sites and locations now you're not really paying for like opulent living conditions right you're paying for nice things but they're not they're not decadent. They're not spectacular. Yeah. You know, a, a Ryan Serhant video house, like if those are ever preserved for posterity, we know we're an idiocracy at that point. I mean, the, what's the one photographer man house? The most expensive penthouse. Oh, the Hiroshi, uh, Hiroshi Sugimoto yeah. apartment in New York. Yeah. That's like $55 million or something. Yeah. Yeah. That seems cute. Oh, it's. So, I mean, you're like, oh, it's all custom. I'm like, yeah, it's custom. <laughs> yeah, with you ain't seen nothing with yet. very minimal marquetry. Like, what are we doing? Well, and to me, uh, good segue to the best part of Versailles to me was the outside. Oh yeah, it's amazing. the the inside's amazing, but you can also get that at the Louvre. I mean, it's distinctive. It's yeah. different. It, it's. It, I don't want to undersell it when you're on it's your like third incredible. impressive building. Yeah, you're like, okay, let's go outside, and you're like. Oh, this is the front lawn to the lawn. This, <laughs> this is the first lawn. This is the side lawn. This is the stairs to the first lawn. Oh, by the way, that fountain that you thought was big? No, well, we have a lake. Yeah, that's the introduction to the big fountains. Yeah. Oh, would you like to uh, walk in like a, a hedge maze that has a spectacular like porcelain gilded fountain at the center of it? Yes. That you didn't really notice until you had the sea of green, perfectly trimmed hedges blasted through by like spectacular light. And you were like, oh, what's that? Is that an angel? No, it's gold and porcelain. It's just gold and porcelain. Yeah. And you're like, what? Yeah, no, it's quite beautiful. I mean, the grounds there were amazing. That That's the thing that made me really regret not having more time. Right. Was I would have liked to have been able to really take my time in those gardens. Um, you know, we saw Marie Antoinette's house for a second. Both of shoved them. Shoved in the back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Both of them. Yeah. We, we saw the Petit Trianon, the grand one, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you said, oh, this is the lady house. It's yellow and pink. And I said, okay, how dare you? Yes. Um, and the, re- the question you asked, how do, who decorated this? I was like, you know, obviously the royal fag. This <laughs> is what you do. Um, that's how you didn't get executed. You're like, well, I'll take care of her house, sweetie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that's where you get to see the real bad paintings. Yeah, they had to really rush those out, I think. They, they hammered them through. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where, like, color rooms, you're just like the Malachite yeah. gifted from Russia as part of a treaty. Right. And it, it's set against this magenta wallpaper that you're like, what? You're like, listen, Tsar Nicholas, I'm having a little trouble with my bitch. Will you throw me some marble? And he's like, sure. He's like, yeah, whatever. As long as you stop bugging me, yeah. He's like, get your get your troops out of uh, Westphalia or whatever. I'll give you this whole fucking meteorite <laughs> if you get the fuck out of my backyard. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he's like, deal. And then some giant bowl and two vases get made out of it, and I'm like, uh, what? 
Yeah, but I'll tell you, man, we walked a hell of a lot of steps that day. I mean, the yards on yards on yards. The the whole property must be what like acreage. I'm trying to think of it in in terms of miles. I mean, from the Palace of Versailles itself to the Grand Canal is probably three miles. No, something like that. Dude, we walk we walked solidly for more than forty minutes. Well, that was every direction. We did a little meandering. Yeah. You know, so I am probably overselling it a little bit. But, I mean, it, it goes as far as the eye can see. Yeah. You know, when you're on the edge of the property, you're not even really sure. No, because you're like, is it the end? I don't know. And then you keep walking, and you're like, oh, Marie Antoinette's house is over there. It looks like a short walk 20 minutes later, like a mile later. Oops. You're like, oh, we're at the little one accidentally. How do we get to the big one? You know, We just take a little, and you just, you know, you, know, you turn left, you find a little little garden action then you're like oh we're at the big house cool mm-hmm. which i don't even know that might have been the middle one i think there's only two no okay so we, we saw the we grand saw the... and we saw the petite the petite is very petite the pete was the petite was very like the help house yeah i think that was basically a carriage house I, I i don't know the history of it but i i think the whole conflict was that she didn't want to live with the guy anymore and so he was like we'll put you in the carriage house for a while while the big one gets done um... i'm imagining that's what the arrangement was Hmm. But I'm not 100% sure. Interesting. But anyway, it's all very impressive. It just looks incredible. The town near, Ver- not the town, I mean, it's still part of Paris, but the little segment the town near of Versailles, Versailles was yeah. really nice. When we went to those markets and stuff, that's when the hound really got in action. Oh, yeah. I, I heard a, and then an immediate turn left, and your, <laughs> and your tail popped out of the back <laughs> of your pants. And before I knew it, we were surrounded by delicatessen. Yeah. And it was quite good we got some delicious cheese that we ate for breakfast this morning mm-hmm. we'll eat again tomorrow i mean those little oh are, those encroots were yes oh baby sausage and croutes. like here's the thing it was a sausage roll but you ever have a you know a pastry that didn't have sugar in it i have and it was heaven and then and then the cheese one that you insisted you're like i want the cheese one yeah yeah like okay okay calm down um Greatest lunch ever. Oh, so good. The lunches have been spectacular. I mean, even the little sandwiches that we've just been getting. I got a spectacular tuna sandwich on the first day when we were just walking around. Tuna and hard-boiled egg. Oh, the little, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just uh, amazing. Even the first, like, breakfast sandwich, because I, I did get a salmon, a Scandinavian. Uh-huh, yeah. That was great. Yeah. Ugh. You just hit the bread and cheese hard, I mean, but it's good. There's no shame in it. No, that yeah, the market was great. The wine was good yesterday. The coat was uh-huh. a little hot. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we've had some great wines along these journeys. I mean, it, you know, you've been leading the charge and doing a spectacular job. I think the only bad wine we had was last night, but that was you know bottle number two. So, what yeah, are you that wasn't do? great. I mean, uh, the the first bread was okay. Mm-hmm. It was fine. It was pep. It was. We talked about. We talked about how you establish taste a lot during dinner. Of like, yeah, you know, just describing that because I think a lot of like seeing all of these things and ha- you know breaking a lot of senses of mm, how do I want to say this of like the concept of Frenchness and the concept of Englishness and all that. Like you're like mm, you do kind of have to just kind of like again follow your nose and figure out like what what's what's a good thing in the place and then if the most authentic thing is like actually like szechuan chinese like because that's actually like 
representative of a condition of being in the place. Yeah. And it's not just the vinoiserie. Right. Granted, the, all of that's been banger too. Sure. But like, I don't know. It's hard to hard to say. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think we've done a pretty good job on this trip. Yeah. Like, of, of doing all of this stuff. Of traveling well. Seeing the sights. I mean, we, we did a tour, uh, a true tour, you know. Yeah. Uh, of of these three places. And we saw all the sites that are important to get under your belt. Right. Um, but we had a good time in between. We didn't stress too hard. I mean, all, all in all, it's been good traveling with you. Oh, I have to say. Same. Yeah. I am very tired. <laughs> I'm tired too. You I know? like, I had this realization this, this morning. I was like, oh, we have to do things. Oh, no. Because I was like looking up like Iken has like spa time. And I was like, no, it's all booked up. Fuck. And then the only one that was like, we're open. And I was like, okay, great. And it was like, it's a gay sauna. I was like, I don't want that. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Like, I, I want not that. But Well, and it's a learning experience too, you know. That's part of what traveling is. Like, what I've learned is basically that like in in our case, London and Brussels, you can get by without very much planning in those places. You it, and yeah. you can pretty much wing it. But here, I wish that I had done things like get timed tickets more precisely right things like yeah. that but you you only know that once you visit the place and you're like oh okay so certain things require more planning than other things they're going to nickel and dime you in france not everything's free everything's time time tickets they yeah. kind of take that seriously like it's the taking that seriously that was yeah. kind of like a bummer yeah i was like oh you get a lay of the land for the metro. You're like, okay, their ticketing system is like a complete disaster. But otherwise, it's easier to get around that way than to try to just hoof it everywhere. <sighs> you know, you, you gotta you gotta just learn all this stuff. What neighborhood you want to stay in, or whatever. Yeah. This is a very 101 trip. You know. Yeah. It, it would be really nice to come back to Paris someday and uh, go to the Louvre and be like, you know, I remember a room I didn't spend enough time in. Right. Things like that will be better the second time. And I think also like doing that thing of like, well, it's a lot easier to stay while it might be easier to stay in a place that's hoofable. You don't really want to spend that much time there. So we're somewhere that you want to spend some time in the morning. Cause that's in, the, like the yes. more like, you know, effective thing because having to walk like a half mile yeah. to find good bread sucks. Yeah. That's right. so hard. It's nice to be able to like pop out of a place, but like, our Airbnb is going to be there. Maybe the real move is just get a hotel in Paris. Sometimes, yeah. Or something. I, I mean, or whatever. Or but just choose your Airbnb properly. Your, you your point is well taken. Like, when are you going to be spending time where you stay? In the morning and at night. That's when that place needs to be good. Good, yeah. The middle of the day, you can be an hour away. The metro is not matter, that hard yeah. to, to do. You can get back there, and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Because I would even say, like, even, like, if... You know, even better would be like around day all, like lay all. Yeah, which is not that far from very, here. Yeah, very. But would but be more lively right now. Lively, and the metro goes pretty much fucking everywhere from there. Totally. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. you can transfer everywhere you need to get. Yeah, I would say of of the three accommodations that we had, um, Brussels was far and away the best place and the best location. I think in a smaller town like you that, can't you, really miss. you can't really yeah. miss. It was great. Um, I think London was the shittiest arrangements, but also a pretty good location. Perfect location. And I would say that here is mid-mid or mid-bad, meaning that the accommodations are fine, 
but the location is not the best. Did we describe for the people that there is a toilet and then there is a shower with a sink? There is a wall in between them. Yeah, there's two rooms for the bathroom rather than one, which is very odd. I don't know if that's a French thing or, or if it's because we're in a converted office building. Yeah. And they had to do something weird with the space. But, like, why not just knock down the wall? There's, like, a little mini wall. Yeah. Maybe it's load-bearing. I don't know. I don't think it's load-bearing. I just think it's a thing that they do. Because think about all the restrooms you've been to publicly. They all have a sink outside of the toilet. Yeah. I don't know if that's, like, some hygienic thing for them or whatever, but maybe sinks and toilets don't go in the same place. I don't think I've seen a sink in in the same room as a toilet the entire time we've been here. You're right, yeah. That's probably a thing. But no, like like the arrangements here don't really bother me. It's it's that by day four, I've grown to resent the location. I'm like, every time we have yeah. to come back here, I'm like, oh no, we're going to the dead zone. Yeah, it's a that little That wasn't annoying, as yeah. true in London, and that wasn't as true in Brussels. No. London, it's like pubs pubs nearby. Yeah. Our fun drunk friend, always nearby. Yeah. Brussels, you just go down the street wherever you want to yeah, go. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's a small place. Here, it's like, you want to hoof it at 10.30? Right. In terms of layout of the city, this is like a mix of New York and L.A. Yeah. It's got the sprawl of L.A., but all the infrastructure of New York. And right. That's a little, that takes a little getting used to. I'm so sad to leave because I feel like I'm finally kind of used to it. And I'm like, I'm ready to explore. Like, you know, I want to go to the Air and Monts that we didn't yeah. see. Like, the where's the fun ones? You yeah. Know, a week here would be no problem. That wouldn't be enough time. But, you know. Also, just the vibes here are good. I don't know. I feel like, especially after being on the continent now for basically a week, I forget when we left London. Mm-hmm. It's all blurring together. Yeah. But, like, um, I think you do, you know, we're Americans, so we chafe against certain things. But I, I, do, I do really feel that feeling of just, like, man, I like the ambiance. I kind of like the pace. I'm a little apprehensive about going back to the States now and being like, ugh. New York is such a fucking dump. Yeah. The United States is a dump. There's nothing nice to look at ever. Everything is terrible looking all the time. I well, it makes you appreciate here's like, you know, let me let me silver lining this one for you. It starts to make you appreciate those things that are like nice about certain areas. So like, you know, if you think about why Green Avenue is a lovely avenue, it's, it's because true. there's a lot of trees. Like, you can see where the planning part got fucked up. That's right. And where, like, you know, whoever was knowledgeable, like, when you're on the Upper East Side, you're like, oh, these people have traveled abroad when they were setting this up because it is more Parisian. That's right. With wider sidewalks and freshly cleaned things and well-kept, you know, greenery. Yeah. You know, and then you go downtown, and you're like, oh, we all fucked up down here. The goddamn dutchman shat all over the bottom <laughs> of this one setting that up all stupid you know yeah so it you does know, give you that sense of like you know right. when you find the gems you're like oh this is this is a little old world that's right you know and it, it, as overhyped as brooklyn is in the popular imagination it does make me appreciate it because uh it is pretty low slung like it's a nicer environment like this is why manhattan or queens or other places it yeah. kind of makes you appreciate a place like carroll gardens yeah you know, right. you're like, oh, this is perfect. But man, all of our new world miniatures, they just cannot compare. I, no. I You know, and, and, and it's just one of those passing feelings that I'm articulating because I'm having it right now. And I'm sure I'll have it for the next couple of weeks. It's like getting back. I mean, I just feel like it's going to be. 
I'm not looking forward to it. I just feel like it's going to be deflating. The new world is not as good in many ways. Um, as much as we rock in certain ways, the way in which we rock are... Mm, but this it's a little harder living. I said this, well, I said this when we were walking around. Like the the project of the European project has always been how to be. Like this is why the the verb etra is such a challenge. Like because the, the being is and how to be in the world is the European problem. They care more about that. Um, they don't care about like a work and a income and that kind of thing. Like being matters and yeah. how to be is a really hard question that's why everything is takes a little bit longer and is a little bit more you know whatever like they kick against the kind of speed of like hi can we keep this going it's like why what is so important that you need to keep moving it's like well shark problem if i keep moving i have to think about it and then i'll die yeah 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 because americans are like no we just keep moving so we don't have to think about it yeah and that's that's a version of narcissism you know it's just yeah. a constant like self-reflection moment to moment that fractures your existence into like tiny slices of anxiety rather than this nice fluid unfolding becoming process. Yeah. Which is, you know, yeah, you don't need to rush and get your Trenta in the morning. You should sit, have a cigarette, talk to your friend, read the paper, have your espresso, then you go do what you're doing. Right. If you woke up late, that's on you. You know, you can. You're still gonna. You still should go through that whole process. You still then. should go through that whole yeah. process and then go where you're going. And if yeah. you don't make it, you don't make it. You make it tomorrow. Right. But it's tough being a tourist in a place like that because you're like, I don't have tomorrow necessarily. Like I, right. I still need to like line all these ducks up and knock them over. You know. Yeah. Um. But anyway, I think we're done. Yeah. I think the trip is done. I think we're done. Oh God, we have so much. Traveling to do tomorrow. Tomorrow, the way back's going to be a shit show. I can't wait. I just hope there's no delays, you know? It's okay on the way out because you have anticipation and excitement, but I don't want to hang out in the airport very long. I'm like, make put, this all go smoothly. Let's get back. Put me on a plane. Put me in my own goddamn bed. My car better start. <laughs> yeah, 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 better. <laughs> Three check engine lights, people. That's the way I left it in a distant parking lot in New Jersey. I feel like we should have left my your car. <laughs> my check-in in the studio. And my my dashboard Corolla. right now looks like the stained glass window in a cathedral. It's lit up so much. <laughs> it's like, oh god, you you're like you're like that thing when like a Star Trek ship is getting like blowed up, and they're like, woo, woo, woo. all the lights going crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck, Oy. yeah. Well. Well, Good traveling with you. Here's to New Jersey. That is so depressing. <laughs>